0: Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. There's a, another terribly disturbing story that's come out of Iran. And I'm going to ask my guest what she thinks about what's happening in Israel, because I know she has strong opinions on that. I me just read you a few lines from Global News. A teenage girl has been hospitalized. And is reportedly in a coma after she was captured on surveillance camera inside a Tehran metro station without a hijab moments after 16-year-old Armita Garavand is seen on video entering a subway car she was carried out by passengers unconscious Kurdish human rights organization Hengaw claims Garavand suffered a quote severe physical assault on October the 1st at the hands of Iranian morality police for not wearing a headscarf. And that sounds very much like what happened to a 22-year-old Iranian woman who um, lost her life, Maza Amini, and that led to massive protests in Iran, street protests. Over 500 people were killed. So there's that story, and there's also the story of uh, an activist, an Iranian activist, Narges Mohammadi, who won the Nobel Peace Prize while she's incarcerated in the notorious and deadly Evin prison in Tehran. Masi Jad is my guest, Iranian journalist and activist. She's the author of The Wind in My Hair, My Fight for Freedom in Modern Iran. You can find her on at Alina Jad Masi on X, formerly known as Twitter. Uh, Masi, thank you very much for the time. I want to talk to you about the two women but, and, and what's going on inside Iran again. But could you give us your sense of the attack by Hamas on, on, on Israel?
1: Of course, indeed. I have to say that we, the people of Iran, millions of us, strongly condemn the terrorist attacks against Israel. And uh, we express you know, our solidarity with the victims and their family members, their beloved ones, You know, we, the Iranians, know very well who is behind this assault, these attacks. The Islamic Republic recently in Tehran, they had a, I mean, Khamenei, the supreme leader, had a meeting with the leadership of uh, Hamas, you know, Ismail uh, Haniyeh. And um, right after this meeting, uh, before that, I have to say that a month ago, High-ranking members of Revolutionary Guards uh, had a meeting with, uh, you know, uh, the Hamas and Hezbollah high-ranking members in Lebanon, as I said. So, but right after that, like, only four days ago, when you go to Khamenei's Twitter account, um, you see that he actually issued a statement saying that Israel is dying. You know, the words have consequences. Today, um, the whole world is witnessing, watching that Hamas attack is right. And we believe that the Islamic Republic is doing what they have exactly promised, you know. So I believe that terrorism is Iran's regime's only solution. And we must address that this attack, this horrible attack, is funded by the Islamic Republic. I keep hearing all the analysts on TV, you know, I, I listen, I pay attention to their opinions. But I have to say that if we don't address the terrorists, the alliance of terrorists and warmongers in the region, uh, we're not going to go anywhere. Terrorists are united, and the time has come for all the democratic countries to get united and end this.
0: Yeah, And Iran has long promised to destroy Israel, to wipe it off the face of the earth. So your sense is that there was, um, uh, uh, that meeting, there was, um, uh, at least there, was, there were plans or there was um, financial support or other support from Iran for for Hamas and the attack on Israel, yeah?
1: Yeah, look, like, let's be very, very clear. Hassan Nasrullah, the leader of Hezbollah, announced that publicly in a video that if the Islamic Republic don't give us money, we don't have any money. So that well, that's the video. Mm-hmm. Clearly saying that they are being sponsored, funded by the Islamic Republic. And not only that, like the Islamic Republic sent drones to Putin.
0: Yes, they did.
1: So President Zelensky mentioned that many times and asked the leaders of uh, you know, G7 to take action. So the Islamic Republic, as I always say, they have only one solution for, for any problem terrorism, killings, and they are funding Hamas and Hezbollah. So for that, I believe that when, like the the European, Canadian, the UK government, they hesitate to put the IRGC in the terrorist list, then here we are. It's not just Iranian people getting killed, tortured to death, facing rape and humiliation by IRGC. IRGC and the Islamic Republic, they are the biggest the rats in my opinion. And if it was not IRGC, believe me, President Zelensky would have won this uh, war much earlier.
0: So the IRG is the Iranian Revolutionary Guard Corps. And uh, they are, well, many many countries, uh, certainly individuals and groups have called for the IRGC to be uh, determined and defined as a terrorist organization. Not every country. Has agreed to do that. I, it was an issue in this country. I don't don't remember actually whether we did or not. I don't think we did, but no, we uh...
1: didn't. I remember, uh, uh, Roy. It was four years ago when I was in Canadian Parliament and mm-hmm. I asked Justin Trudeau um, to designate the Revolutionary Guards as a terrorist organization. I was not successful to have a meeting with uh, Prime Minister Trudeau. But what happened four years later? The same Revolutionary Guards killed. More than 50 innocent Canadian passengers. Yes. By shooting down Light the Like 752. The yeah, 752.
0: Exactly.
1: It's, it's, so that's, that's what I'm trying to say that right now the UK government hesitates. The EU, the EU. I mean, I just heard that Joseph Borrell and many other Europeans and like the president of uh, France, like all over the world condemning this uh, terrorism, this terrorist attack and Israeli civilians, but they have to talk about the roots as well, you know, by saying that we stand with the people of Iran, we stand with the people of Israel, we're not going to go anywhere. I want them especially to sit down right now and make a concrete decision, taking concrete action against uh, the alliance of terrorism in the region, the Islamic Republic, Hamas, Hezbollah, and Putin and other allies and, and other dictators that they're backing each other for their terrorism purposes.
0: My guest is Mazi Alina Jad. She's an Iranian journalist and activist. She's the author of The Wind in My Hair, My Fight for Freedom in Modern Iran on X, or used to be Twitter, at Alinajad Masi. So let's talk about the issue of the wind in your hair. Once again, we have a situation where this time it's a 16-year-old girl and apparently, some of her hair was sticking out. I'm not sure whether she was wearing a hijab or not, but they, the story that I saw said some hair was visible, and she entered a subway car with two other women, and almost immediately, she was carried out of the subway car by passengers, and she was unconscious. And there's a photograph which you've posted on, uh, on your ex account, Twitter, at Adelina Jadmasi, which shows her in hospital clearly, in a situation of great distress, talk to us about that.
1: Yeah, I mean, honestly, can you yourself believe what, what, what you just just said? No, no, now? no. It's shocking! It's just shocking. She's only twin, uh, sixteen years old, beautiful teenager with an amazing, you know, haircut. So she refused to wear her job all the way from her home uh, to school. So in the subway, there are many, like a like bunch of officers, hijab police, walking around and warning the students, girls, unveiled women to cover themselves, to cover their hair. So she refused, according to her classmates and uh, two witnesses that they gave interview to Guardian. So she refused. And what happened, the hijab police pushed her away. That's how she is now in a coma fighting for her life. And I mean, my heart is broken because now the world is busy with what's going on in Israel, rightfully. And my heart is there as well because she's another young victim of the terrorist regime of Iran. And right on the anniversary of Mahsa Amini, another girl who got killed in the hand of morality police, which her brutal murder actually sparked a revolution in Iran. And now another girl, So right after that, the Islamic Republic denied uh, the brutality of morality police by by forcing her parents to go on TV and do false confession, by arresting two of her classmates and making them to do false confession as well, by arresting a female journalist who was just simply doing her job trying to report about her situation in the hospital. The sixteen
0: Masih, the sixteen-year-old girl teenager uh who you have photographs of and you posted them on again on your on your ex uh, account Adelina Jad Masi clearly in distress in a coma in hospital um she um her mother has been looking at this story here her mother has been reported to have been arrested and now the her mother's whereabouts are unknown and because her mother probably, again looking at the story, her mother didn't seem to support the state's yes. view and the state's mm-hmm. position on what happened to her daughter, wasn't emphatic enough in support of the of the state of Iran and now her mother's disappeared.
1: You're absolutely right. The Iranian television brought someone on T V called her relative. And the the young woman was trying to tell the uh, whole world that she was not being beaten up by morality police and referring to Armito's mom saying that she checked all the footages and immediately the mother reacted to the lies of this woman. An Iranian reporter said that no, we haven't checked all the footages. Immediately she got arrested, the mother got arrested. Look, honestly, I don't have any words to explain the brutality of the of, of Iranian regime. That first. They kill you. Then they go after your family members and they put them in jail and they prevent them from, you know, mourning. Right now that I'm talking to you, the family members of more than 70 innocent protesters who got killed last year in Woman Life Freedom Revolution, they got arrested or they were cemented to go and explain and, you know, sign an agreement that they're not going to speak up about their beloved one who got killed. This is the true
0: face of Islamic Republic. So, uh, Masi, talk to us, please, about Nargis Mohammadi, who's in Evin Prison, which is a deadly place to be. I've had guests on this program who are incarcerated there, who feel lucky they survived. Tell us about uh, Nargis Mohammadi. Nargis yes,
1: Mohammadi... Has a really loud voice against oppressive regime, you know uh, uh, first when I met her, it was twenty years ago when I was a parliamentary journalist uh, before even seeing her face, I heard her loud voice while she was challenging one of the members of the parliament about this situation of political prisoners. Since that, she herself became a political prisoner. she faced a solitary confinement she's being away from uh, her dreams for years, you know. I myself have been away from my family, from my mother for 13 years. I know the pain. But Nargis is really, like, wounded but unbowed, unbreakable. And that scares the Iranian regime. So for, for me and millions of women, this novel to you, uh, like being awarded to Nargis Mohammadi, is a symbol, like a symbolizing the power the struggle, the pain, and the bravery of Narges Mohammadi and millions of Iranian women who chanted, woman, life, freedom.
0: She's been in prison 13 times. She's been convicted five times. In total, she's been sentenced to 31 years in prison. And she was last detained. Well, she's still in there because in 2021. And what did she do? She attended a memorial for a fellow Iranian killed in those nationwide protests that were sparked at the time by gasoline price increases. There was more than that, but that was the official reason. What do you? Th- how do you think the Iranian regime will react to the fact that Nargis-Mohammadi oh, has won the are, Nobel Peace Prize?
1: They are already angry, my friend. They are very, very angry. They actually uh, condemned that. They said that this is a political... Like, it's, trying to downplay uh, the price. You know, but I have to say that when the Islamic Republic is angry, Iranian people are happy. But I have to say this prize uh, is, I mean, the price means to encourage Iranian women, but I want to be honest with you. Iranian women have the courage enough to challenge this barbaric regime. I believe that this Nobel Peace Prize must encourage the democratic countries, especially the female politicians who used to go to Iran and obey compulsory bailing, bowing to the Islamic Republic. The pride must encourage them to be as brave as Nargis Mohammadi, as brave as Iranian women, and help us to, to end this gender apartheid regime, you know? Because Narges was a reformist, like myself. I was supporting reformists as well. But for years, we, we, we just realized, like millions of other Iranians, that this regime is like ISIS, is like Taliban. You cannot reform this regime. And I guess publicly announced that uh, she is against the Islamic Republic and she wants to have a secular democracy, like All millions right. of Iranians. So for that, I believe this award should send a signal to the rest of the world that if you want okay. to be democracy, you have to help us to end this regime.
0: If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.
1: For most of us, crime is something we see on the news. We never think it could happen to us until it does.